welcome back to another episode of Farewell Evangelion, the podcast where we go through the full Neon Genesis series, bit by bit. My name is Keith, going through for his last time, and as always, I am joined by Peter. Hello! Who is going through for his first. So today, continuing the plot of the pilots of the Evangelion series, we're going to the third highest vote in the polls, Kaoru Nagisa. Yay, Kaoru. <laughs> Probably the most confusing character for most people, kind of, until Mari came along, I guess. Mari was also a pretty big question. So, Funny uh, how the later on someone gets introduced, the more confusing of a character they are. <laughs> Makes sense. But yeah, I would say definitely the two characters we have left, which is Karu now and next episode Mari, are probably the characters with the most questions around. Yeah. Like, who is he? Why does he do the things he does? Actually, no, those are two questions we do have answers yeah, to. We exactly have those answers. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, Karu is the fifth child as well has a birth date of September 13th, 2000, which also happens to be the exact day of the second impact. Probably a coincidence. Exactly. Uh, he is the uh, 17th angel, uh, Tapris, but he kind of gets a transition in the rebuild series where he is both the first and the last angel. Yes. Because where in the original version, uh, he is more his own angel, Tapris, but he is imbued with the soul of Adam. And in the Rebuild series, that part is kind of shifted a bit where it's not clear that he's Tavris anymore. He's more just associated with the soul of Adam and not his own designation. Yeah. He's just Kaoru, man. Don't worry about it. Exactly. To be fair, I guess the Tavris thing is a bit confusing, considering everyone knows him as Kaoru. But Kaoru in the original run is kind of along the same lines as what Ray is, where it's Lilin DNA fused with angels and it's creating something. So, Kaoru as Tabris is actually the direct result of the contact experiment that happened that also triggered Second Impact. I realize now that the two questions I asked, which were presented as confusing questions, and then we joked about them not being confusing questions, are slightly more confusing than you might first think, because, uh, as we just discussed, the answer to who is uh, Kaoru has that awkward Tabris point that can throw people off a little bit. And the answer to the question of what does he want also is not as obvious as you might immediately think, because watching the series, your first guess might just be to make Shinji happy, but we know that's not entirely accurate after the end of Rebuild, because that's not exactly his goal. His goal has been to kind of rewrite time so they're thoroughly together, so he can try and earn his own happiness through making Shinji happy. Well, he's not going, he's not doing it so he can earn his own happiness. It's kind of because the idea is that Shinji always misunderstood what this happiness for him yeah. and realizes it rebuilt and that allows him to see that oh all these other characters also were wrong about it. I'm going to help them Yeah. so it was Tabris absolutely or Kaoru I don't know you call him Tabris now Kaoru absolutely believed that he needed to make Shinji happy and then the rug pull essentially at the end was oh I was doing this for my happiness I didn't care about Shinji really yeah. I just wanted him to be happy because I thought that would make me happy even though I didn't realize that's what I was doing. Yeah, so his want is to be happy. It's just a very deep want that he's not even aware of. Exactly. The surface level want is Shinji's <laughs> happiness. Slightly below, below surface level is Shinji's body. Are we going into the Neon Genesis iceberg? Oh my god, I hate those fucking iceberg <laughs> videos. Um... The thing I always love is... Uh, I'm not going to talk about the iceberg in depth, but the common one for some reason in Genesis, the top one is always... Evangelions aren't robots? <laughs> what? I think the top level of the iceberg should be robot fights are cool. That's the top level <laughs> of Evangelion iceberg. It's the only thing at the top. Yeah. 
Alright, um, so, Karu. We have now discussed who he is and what he wants. What else should we talk about for Karu? Uh, so, I guess the big thing to point out is Karu probably has the biggest origin change from start to finish for what we've gone through so far, which is original 95 run to rebuild. Because we find out in the original 95 run, he was produced on the day of Impact. Yes. So when Seelay went back to the site afterwards, they collected him and started doing experiments on him. Whether Gendo was aware of this or not, kind of left in the open. It doesn't look like he did, though, because he was kind of caught off guard by Kauber as well. He didn't expect him to be an angel, but he knew for sure he was a CLA spy. Oh, yeah. Which, if he was aware that he was a CLA spy, but was somehow unaware of his angel existence, I was about to say behavior, but behavior's not right. If he's unaware of the nature of him being an angel, uh, it seems unlikely he is aware of his origins vis-a-vis -vis the first or second impact. In exactly, because Kauru doing the whole angel thing kind of sped up the timeline, which was negative for Gendo. Yes. Because Gendo had to kind of fly by the seat of his pants to reinstigate his instrumentality at the end because Seelay immediately stroke after they got rid of the last Yeah. So he was kind of in a Seelay facility. Going through much, it seems the same thing as Ray was. And most versions of the timeline do have this kind of relationship play out where it's, he's created specifically on that day. But as we know, the soul kind of still exists, so it's pretty much the body's created and the soul is transferred into it through the contact experiment. Yeah. And he is used for Seelay's specific dummy plug system, where Ray is used specifically for their dummy plug system. Yeah. So when we see the big fight at the end against Asuka, inside all those dummy plugs are power shots. Beating up Asuka. Yeah. Exactly. Like in the dummy plug system for Nerve, all of those dummy plugs have a ration on the side. That's an interesting thought, now that I think about it, uh, that Karu was the result of the contact during the second impact, which means that if I just, like, found an angel and touched that angel, I would cease to exist, but in my place there'd be just a hot boy with the angel's soul inside <laughs> of it. I'm okay with that. If that's what it takes to create a hot boy with the soul of an angel, I'm willing to make that sacrifice. I don't know if that's specifically. There's probably a bit more in there we don't know about, but you're not too far off, I suspect. Yeah. Just, like, walk up, slap an angel across the face, and there we go. Yeah, for all we know, it could have been, like, a file of one. Yeah. I'm still willing to slap the angel across the face to find it. <laughs> the old Ray method. Yeah. The classic Savage Ray. Slap an angel across the face. Or I could go with the classic Cavern method, which is, uh... A little bit more intimate than the Ray method, but we're not going to get into the specifics right now. But yeah, in this whole concept, he's kind of kept off the grid, isolated by Sile, trained for their will. It's implied that Sile has a method for controlling Kauru that's never really touched upon, which explains also why Kauru's like, I have to do this at the end of the original run. It doesn't seem like he has a choice, because... Coward choosing I have to die now to do this doesn't make much sense for what his goals are. Yeah. But if he had to because of something Seelay was doing, that makes a bit more sense. Or, as we later learn, Coward has an extended knowledge of the time loop concept, so he might have already viewed that timeline as a failure. Yeah, he could tell he wasn't going to be making Shinji happy. Uh, Shinji was too far gone down the wrong path, so... Sacrificed his life. Or, it could even be the opposite... Uh, when we get to rebuild, and he, with his awareness of the time loop, he realizes that the only chance for Shinji to be happy 
is for him to sacrifice himself in this moment. Uh, and either Shinji gets happy and he accomplishes his goal, or Shinji doesn't get happy and there will be another loop for him to try again. Yeah, and where Kaoru is an angel, death isn't quite the same thing for him as compared to other beings, as we know. Beings don't fully disappear when they die, their soul's still around, as, for example, when instrumentality starts, they get pulled in as well. Yeah. So, Kaoru wasn't actually going to be gone, just like he wasn't rebuilt, he was going to still be around there at the end in instrumentality. Yeah. So... What ends up eventually happening with Kaoru going into the Rebuild series is he seems to be more fused with the concept of Adam. Now, up to this point, he's already kind of been synonymous with Adam, because Adam doesn't physically appear, and Kaoru's the closest thing we got to that specific. But Rebuild, it seems to be more synonymous. Yeah. And this time, it's implied that his existence doesn't fully come from the second impact, like in previous loops. Yeah. Because he wakes up on the moon. Yeah, that's true. Whether that be the fact that maybe the coffins were the result of the impact, and Celia just has access to that and are aware of it. So, Kaoru is physically made, or the coffins come into contact during that period, which is his actual angel form, maybe, and then a different coffin opens up every loop. That's the part that's not really explained. Yeah. It's a bit... It, it could be the coffin was purely just to personify what was actually going on with that. Yeah. And it just... He's, you know... A bit of a showboat. And that's how he decided to manifest himself. Just to, like, point out... Haha, look at this! I'm aware that I've died multiple times! <laughs> I'm some sort of moon vampire! Yeah. Look at this big streak of blood on the moon! That was me! I did that! <laughs> that was Shinji, actually. Oh, yeah, that was Shinji. But I guess, I guess the big thing to remember about Kaoru is... Kaoru is... Probably the biggest importance in Neon Genesis, uh, relevance-wise, because he's aware of all the loops, and he has some level of power to manipulate events leading up to the second impact. Yeah, with the Book of Fate, where he wrote him and Shinji's name next to each other. Yeah, which is just a fun runabout way. The Book of Fate is not a thing yeah. anyway, it's a made-up concept. It's just the way of suggesting that he is responsible for the fact that Things always work out in such a way that he and Shinji end up close together. Yeah, and it seems that whatever his manipulation is, I don't think it has direct control on what the first ancestral race does. I think it's more after they are sent off to Earth, that's where his influence comes into play. Yeah. And it could very well be, and this is kind of my own headcanon, which I think kind of fits, we're going to discuss the Dead Sea Scrolls and that it could have been Lilith, which is Rey, or... Kaoru, which is Adam that writes it. Yeah. I do believe it's most likely Kaoru. Yeah. And I believe that the Dead Sea Scroll is specific to Adam coming to Earth. And I think Kaoru writes the Dead Sea Scrolls well in transit to Earth. And then that leaves kind of his template plan for this. Yeah. So I think it's Kaoru's going to be making shit up for maybe this plan will work. Zile's getting it. And it's like, this is the plan. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. So in some weird way, Seelay's working for Kaoru. Seelay's working for Kaoru while Kaoru is working for Seelay. Yeah. It's like Tenet. Yeah. But yeah, Kaoru is, seems to be the big manipulator of events to a degree, but also kind of approaches with a more hands-off, because I don't think he wants to just, you're happy now, Shinji. You yeah. want Shinji to be able to find happiness. Yeah, he wants Shinji to self-actualize, as they say. And this is ultimately why... Kaoru ends up becoming personified as the first and last angel because 
he is ultimately the first angel of every loop, but also the last angel of every loop. Yeah. Also, where he has Adam's soul, and I'm aware that when the soul is in a different body, it's not quite the same being. But it kind of means that while Karu is doing all of this, Adam is also kind of doing all of this. Yeah. So. Adam, the first angel, the the thing, is uh really into Shinji. Yeah. And also, Kaoru seems to have some ability to have manipulation over Lilith as well, because he it has to be the reason that she always yeah. ends up on her. Uh it's enough to have happened through random chance once, and then that one time have Kaoru be like, Oh, I liked how this happened. I'm gonna make sure this happens every single time from now on. Exactly. There has to be some level of manipulation he's doing up to the events of Second Impact for all of these things to happen. Yeah. Close enough that we have the same players, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's essentially like Karu's been playing like chess against the computer, but he has like a save state, and every time he loses, he just goes back 20 turns, and he's like, alright, let's fucking try this again, except he lost the save state, so now it's just like, alright, so you do this, then I do this, then you do this, alright, now, here we are, let me try playing again, now that I know where the table's at. <laughs> okay, world, hear me out. Shinji Ikari baking contest. Yeah. Instead of killing the angels, he has to fight each one in a baking contest. Alright, hear me out, world. What if Gendo had access to a Shik Hydro, and that made him happy enough to love Shinji? Would Shinji be happy then? Oh, he just shaved Ray's head and then decided to just cause the Shik impact shit. Yeah, okay. What that, is that? I don't know, but that sounds worse. <laughs> Apple juice branding. I enjoy this new headcanon, which is that Karu's responsible for every single one of the weird Evangelion products and branding that we've seen. <laughs> and those are all specifically Karu attempting to find a way to make Shinji happy through materialism. It's, Karu's just perfectly throwing shit, like, because we don't know how many loops there are in there's no guarantee, like, the guarantee is not, oh, every form of canon that exists is a loop. There could be hundreds upon thousands more out there yeah. beyond what has been created. With the idea of, like, everything created from this point on is always somewhere in that middle spot of the loops. We know there's a first loop, we know there's a last loop. We have no idea how many happen in between. And with Kaoru, it also kind of, like, the man had to have gone crazy at some point, right? And I think those moments, like those lapses of judgment, is where we get the Shikaidra universe. Yeah. Or like, I like to imagine that there's one loop which plays out exactly the same as the 95 run, but there's no peanut butter on Earth for the entire run, because uh, <laughs> Kara just came up with maybe peanut butter's what's making Shinji unhappy. The universe the one thing fucking all this up. Yeah. Peanuts still exist, but peanut butter? No, fuck that. <laughs> just gets rid of, like, you know, Walkmans, just to, like, let's see what yeah. happens. Yeah, you don't have access to your music, what's gonna happen this time? Oh, he didn't even make it to the Ape shit. Yeah, I know, he, <laughs> he died well before him. Alright, uh, reloop, reloop, let's try this again. <laughs> just the fucking loop where Kaur wakes up and there's no shitty. Yeah. I wonder if Kaur just offs himself at that point, right? He's just like, oh, next loop. Yeah. Let's just, uh, yeah, Sila, like, brings him up, and they're like, alright, we need you to start, uh, preparing to pilot the plug. He's like, quick question, Gendo have a son? Nope. He's like, fuck you, I'm not doing it. Just blows his brains out. <laughs> you want me to get close to Shinji Akari, the fourth child, or the third child? Who? Yeah. Uh, okay, I see. There's <laughs> only two children. You're the third child now, even though you're an angel. Oh, yeah, no, this isn't gonna work, buddy. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to go and get milk. Yeah. And cigarettes. I'll be back, though. Uh... BT Dubs, you know where the Spear of Longinus is? I just want to, like, impale myself real quick. 
Actually, no, that wouldn't even kill him. That would just steal him. Yeah. Fuck. It's hard to kill an angel. Pretty much, you have to destroy the core. Yeah. Although, with the human hybrid, they don't really have the core. That's true. It might be actually easier to kill a hybrid angel. Yeah, I think the spear would actually kill Kauru, because he doesn't have a angel uh, form that we're aware of. Yeah. So, you know, crushing the body and the head going pop off, kind of indicates that is the case. That's true. Or, like, Ray just getting strangled to death as a child and dying. Yeah, he's traced the soul. So I guess that wouldn't work for him because they bring him back. That's true, they would just put his soul into one of the Kauru clans and be like, fuck, alright. New plan. <laughs> Ritz Kilcock had some good ideas. Kauru, <sighs> Kauru, the more I talk about it, the more I like Oh, he's definitely a, a fun, interesting character. Because he does have that, like, air of, like, he knows something the whole way through that you're not aware of. Yeah, the meme we had while watching Rebuild of, don't worry, Shinji, I've already watched Neon Genesis, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> Which, loop-wise, is pretty much true. Yeah. He's already seen all of Neon Genesis. Yeah. He has seen every single form of Neon Genesis media that has come out, or will ever come out, Given that this is the final loop and everything else has to have been a loop that happened beforehand, he has literally, at, during Rebuild, seen every form of Neon Genesis uh, canon that will ever exist. Yeah. You know, that's pretty fucking hype. <laughs> Back when we saw Kevin wake up in the moon during uh, the first Rebuild movie, he already knew, no, oh, he hadn't seen Rebuild yet, because no. Rebuild yeah. wasn't out. God damn it. He did not have Rebuild. It's almost like Calvary's watching the series with us as we go through. The third member of this podcast. Calvary! He's been here the whole time. Weirdly silent. It's Keith watching for the last time, me watching for the first time, and Calvary watching for the infinite time. Infinite. Not really an ordinal number for infinite. Uh, yeah. Does he have a default Ava that he pilots, or does he just kind of pilot whichever one's closest to him? He doesn't have a set one, really. I think, as of Rebuild, his designated one is just 06. Sure. But in the different media, he's piloted MC2, he's piloted uh, 4, when Ken's case not, essentially. Uh, in fact, in the PlayStation 2 game, it has branching narrative paths. So, for example, in uh, one of the uh, paths, if you, the Jet Alone thing, if you end up stopping that from exploding, then Jet Alone Kai, the upgraded version, will show up during the ceiling attack at the end of the game and help you fight off the MPs. Jesus, that's actually pretty fun. So it, it's you, Unit 1, and Unit 2. And if you do the events right, Kaoru will go into the Durak Sea and then find Unit 4, which was destroyed, and then come back with that. Jesus, this is. That's a whole experience that I'm just never going to try and uh, wrap my head around. Yeah, so, it really depends on what it's in, but Kaoru has probably the most piloted Apis. Yeah, that's fair. Throughout it, multiple timelines, but yeah. Yeah, it, he and Ray both have the ability to kind of fully have full awareness of their souls. They can pilot any Ava they want, and it's just... Ray has no reason to pilot anyone other than Unit Zero and briefly Unit One, whereas Kauru, yeah, fuck it, he's just needs an Ava in this moment. That one's closest. I'm gonna go pilot that one. Yeah. 
again. But I think ultimately what leads to that is because Unit 3 uh, always ends up hard, uh, heavily associated with uh, Toji, Unit 4 tends to be associated with Kensuke, and then Unit 5 tends to be associated with Hikari. What ultimately ends up happening is Ava 6, because that's the only one that's kind of left open that he's piloted, 6 just becomes his default because no one else is piloted. Yes. In the two series we've gone through so far, uh, Rebuild and the Neon Genesis one, Unit 4 is always the one that explodes in the U.S. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, uh, it disappears from the U.S. Yeah, sorry, it disappears. And then they end up bringing Unit 3 over because they don't want the same thing to happen to them. Exactly. Uh, I feel kind of bad about that now that I realize that Unit 4 is Kensuke's one. All he wants is to pilot an Ava, and yet his designated Ava... Well, like, not in world his designated Ava, because I'm pretty sure when they're building it, they're not thinking, yeah, that kid Kensuke who goes to high school in Tokyo 3, he's really going to love this when we're done with it. Uh, but still, in-universe, his designated Ava just always gets destroyed before he is, or not necessarily destroyed, but disappears. Or is that part of Coward's Pain because the worst fucking timeline is always when Kensuke gets an Ava? Oh, that's a fascinating point. I can't wait to watch one of these timelines where Kensuke does pilot an Ava and just see how annoyed Kaoru is at all times. He's like, no, never again. <laughs> I'm not letting this happen. <laughs> you had your one shot, you fucked it up, Kensuke. Yeah. Fuck you, Kensuke. This is your fault. When I do the loop again, I'm not making sure that you don't get to pilot Ava. What are you talking about? I don't care that you don't know what I'm not talking about. <laughs> Which, in my mind, means that I'm, I would be willing to make the guesstimate that in the first loop, the Ava did get uh, disappeared or whatever, uh, just purely by coincidence. And then eventually, while Kaoru was just throwing shit at the wall, he's like, fuck it, let's see what happens if I allow this one to survive. Kensuke can become a pilot. Fuck it, we'll see what happens. Kensuke pilots, and he's like, this was the worst decision I've ever made in this entire loop. Everyone process. in the world except for Shinji is happy. <laughs> yeah. Shinji has Kensuke taken saved the day, protected everybody, everyone's happy, and then Shinji just died in the hole. Yeah. Shinji somehow got lumped up with everyone else's sadness, and it was just pooled into Shinji. He has an entire planet's worth of sadness all alone. <laughs> Can't even relate to other people, because everyone else is fucking happy right now. <laughs> he's right in this timeline. Everyone does fucking hate him, because he's <laughs> yeah. just a downer. Yeah, he's a real bummer. <laughs> oh, fuck. New favorite timeline. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kaoru... Uh, the other interesting thing about him is he's kind of one of the waifu war characters, too. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's... We, we joke a lot about, like, the sexual tension between... Uh, there are no carnal feelings. Yeah. Shinji has no carnal feelings It doesn't Kauru. mean there can't be sexual tension between the two. Yeah, of course. It also doesn't mean that Kaoru doesn't have carnal feelings for Shinji. Yeah. I think, ultimately, if the relationship between them has sexual undertones, though, it's not really important to the character. Oh, God. I think it's just he's hyper affectionate to Shinji because that's the idea of the character, that this character is self-sacrificing to the point of making Shinji happy, that ultimately that's a bad thing. Yeah. So it's like that liking something too much. Yeah. I don't know if we talked about this before, but I, I'm almost certain we did during one of the earlier podcasts when we were first going through Neon Genesis. But each of the characters kind of seems to represent a different form of how to handle mental health issues, but wrong. Yeah. Um, and Kaoru is very much so on the spectrum of, like, losing himself in his service to others, and it's just not a healthy way to cope with trauma or anything. 
Uh, and Kyra's just proving that point for us. The whole using feelies to get away from your feelies. Yeah. Well, to be honest, how can you have bad feelies when you've got heelies? That's also true. All I wanted when I was growing up was heelies, but my mom was like, no, they're expensive and you'll hurt yourself. And also, they're fucking stupid. If <laughs> you have only to get away from your feelies. Yeah. Uh, and looking back on it, she was right on two out of three points. They are expensive, and I would have hurt myself, but they were not fucking stupid. They won't hurt themselves the Heelys. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I guess the point, and it's a thing that happens in anime a lot, where the point of the character kind of boils down to from people trying to ship the characters, but ultimately... That's not what the series yeah, is. Yeah, the series is never been about who Shinji ends up with. Does he end up with certain characters in different timelines? Yes. He's ended up with pretty much everyone at this point. Except for Gendo. He's never won. I assume there's a timeline where, <laughs> not romantically, but just ends up with a happy father-son relationship in at least That's one. Kind time. of rebuilt. Kind of, I guess. He finally gets the hug. And that's at the end of the day, isn't that what Shinji always wanted? <laughs> it was a giant robot projecting my own feelings onto Shinji. He has given up on a hug from his father a long time ago and no longer wants that. But then he got it. That's fair. And everything went right from there. I can continue projecting my feelings. Shinji got the hug and immediately solved all of everyone's problems. Yes. <laughs> Including allowing his father to be dead with his mother. <laughs> Fine, you want the mother? Boom, he could be dead. <laughs> <laughs> You're both Evangelions now, and guess what? Evangelions are gone. I'm wishing you both out of existence. Neither one of you exists. You both count as Evangelions. <laughs> I'm creating two worlds... One for people who are happy in this life, and one for people who aren't happy in a new world where they can be happy. You don't get to exist in either. <laughs> I lost your invitations for both. I'm creating a third world. It's called the afterlife. That's where you two go. Except I'm just deleting you from existence. Yeah. There is no afterlife. I'm also deleting the afterlife. I am God, and I'm declaring there is no afterlife. Well, scary Which is giant true. fucking right, because it creeps the shit out of me. Which is kind of true if he said that, because during instrumentality, he essentially is a god with the power that he has, so. Yeah, that's what instrumentality tends to do to people. Yep, makes them a god. What would have happened if instead of... I'm just curious now, uh, if instead of Shinji getting instrumentality, if Karu had have gotten the instrumentality himself, and how much Karu would have just started fucking with the world in that moment to try and make Shinji happy. He's like, I don't know what you like, puppies? Alright, the world's just puppies now. It's all puppies. Oh shit, now there's no Shinji. <laughs> it's Shinji and a billion puppies. Does this make you happy, Shinji? No? Okay, it's Shinji and Misato. Are you happy now, Shinji? <laughs> now the world's a mess. <laughs> yeah, the world's worst. <laughs> She's just constantly demanding beer, but doesn't know how to make it. Yeah, I think it's definitely for the best that Karu didn't have that power, because Karu definitely would have fucked up the world by just, like... Well, he's already fucking with the world enough by throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks with the loops. If he actually had the godlike power of instrumentality in that moment, he would have been able to throw so much worse shit at the wall to see if something works. Yep. Uh, if Karu just, like, used the power of instrumentality to just create serotonin inside Shinji's head. <laughs> we're gonna take the world, we're just gonna crank up those serotonin levels just slightly yeah. for everybody. We're just gonna make everyone chemically happier. 
I don't care about what's going on in your life. You're just chemically happy. What if Lilith just made a plant that just released serotonin into the air? <laughs> yeah. But, like, a nice low level of serotonin, so you don't have any side effects. <laughs> just, like, a little bit of serotonin. Everyone's oh, happy. it was all destroyed during second impact shit. <laughs> Alright, what if the oceans uh, released... Oh, no, those are also dead. Ah, uh, fuck. I'm out of ideas. So what if we invented a man named Kaji? What if we invented a man who fucks and we called him Kaji? Oh, he's also dead. Which is another fun thing to think about. There's really three characters that, well, I guess four characters that Kaoru is like heavily associated with, being uh, Gendo, Kaji, Shinji, and Rei. Yeah. It's fun that Kaji's the Cementing him as one of the core Evangelion characters, I suppose, and not just a fun side character. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there are other reasons he's tied to it, but my understanding is the greatest tie to him is from Rebuild, where we find out during that time gap, Kaoru was briefly head of Nerve, and Kaji was his second in command. That's a fun little dynamic. Kaoru was Gendo, and Kaji was Fuzzy. Yeah. But Fuzzy the fucks. Does this imply... A kind of actually now that I think about it it kind of does. I was about to ask if this implies that uh Karu lost the person he loves and was using Nerve to try and get them back, and this person also had kind of a mentor mentee relationship with Kaji. And yeah, that's a hundred percent tracks. Shinji is Yui in this time. <laughs> for, for that brief fourteen year time gap. Fourteen years. Fourteen years, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. During the time when rebuild wasn't happening. <laughs> Fucking Karu was Gendo, Kaji was Fuyutsuki, and Shinji was Yui. My god. He was also a part of Uno 1. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it, the more I think about it, the more it fits. The, the, the most interesting thing that's about this timeline, though, is the fact that Karu was head of Nerve. This was also confirmed through interviews with uh, Otto and them. And then after uh, Gendo got Nerve back during the Fall of Humanity... He ends up letting Kaoru also still work for him, knowing full well that he was a nervous Ely spy that overthrew him. Yeah. Gendo's just doing his own thing, man. I mean, he knew that uh, Kaji was like a triple agent. Yeah. I don't think he really, really cares about your allegiance as long as you have purpose for what he's doing. Yeah, you could be serving someone else so long as through serving them you benefit him. Yeah. Also, he probably saw himself in Kaoru and how he was doing everything to bring back the person he loves, and he was like, alright, yeah, I can respect that. <laughs> I disagree with the target of your affection, but sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone should have affection for that person, but I can recognize myself in your actions, and thus I'm willing to allow you to continue. Game recognized game. Yeah. Kaoru as your Fudski, that's a weird... Or not Kaoru. <laughs> Kaji as your Fudski is a weird choice, but fuck it. It's yeah, because someone that fucks, what, what's yeah. up? <laughs> You think I would allow Fuyutsuki to be my Fuyutsuki if Fuyutsuki fucked? <laughs> the only reason I allow Fuyutsuki to be my Fuyutsuki is because he is the object of the Curse of Eva. He ages for the pilots. That keeps him from fucking. <laughs> for some reason, when he lost the vice commander position, though, it didn't stop. No, it just kept happening. Whew. Yeah, uh, I guess Kaji ends up doing for Kaoru what does for Shinji in a sense, where it kind of separates him from the character ties and allows him to kind of be on his own. Yeah. Which ultimately ends up being the big change for him, because he's able to experience without the direct influence of all these characters. And Kaji kind of 
gives Kaoru purpose outside of Shinji during that brief time that Shinji's been this. So ultimately, Shinji being gone 14 years also ends up helping Kaoru develop and understand yeah. what's there's more to life than just making Shinji happy. Unfortunately, during none of the loops did it work out that way for Gendo, where the time without Yui allowed him to grow as a person. <laughs> no, he kind of stagnated aggressively. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Kaoru's a better Gendo than Gendo. Good to know. I think we realized that pretty early. Yeah. You know, the, I, I love you, Shinji, and I'm willing to sacrifice myself for your happiness. Yeah, I just want you to be happy, and I am here to support you in whatever way you need. Yeah, that already makes him a better father to Shinji than Gendo is. Pretty much. And then the Ray uh, connections most more of, like, mirroring, like, different possibilities. Yeah. They're more of a reflection on each other, where Kaoru seems to be teeming with personality, where Ray is lacking it. Yeah. Kaoru is very confident in who he is, and then Ray's still trying to figure it out. Kaoru seems to lean much more towards the human side while end up having more of an angel role, whereas Ray seems to lean much more towards the angel personality, but takes on more of a human role. Which, man, Sile's, like, whatever plan they got for, like, their clone facilities is much better for Kaoru. Yeah. Man appreciates music, art. Another sign of how Gendo's just fucking things up constantly. That, or he just recognized, like, had full awareness of how to clone Rey in that manner, but was like, I don't need her to appreciate music. It will not help further my goals. I and mean, when we learn about who Gendo is, essentially, in the flashback in the rebuild series, it makes kind of sense that he's like, I like being alone in this weird facility and then reading books. Rey, you do the same thing. Yeah. Always comes back to Gendo. He's a great caretaker. In that he takes care away from other people so that they no longer have anyone caring. <laughs> The caretaker, yeah. Gendo Akari. <laughs> the caretaker. Uh, is there anything else we should talk about Kaoru before moving on to questions and stuff? I think it ultimately breaks down the character of Kaoru where, you know, he loves Shinji to a fault, which ends up being a negative because he effectively gives Shinji no autonomy through his actions and thus kind of stunts his well, my only questions about Kaoru have already been discussed during this episode. Mainly, who is he and what does he want? Um, does the audience have any questions for us about Kaoru? Yeah, so we do have a series of Kaoru questions that we have from the audience. Let me just pull those up. These were asked through Instagram. And of course, if you think we missed any of your questions uh, after we go through them, feel free to email us at whatinmypodcastsabout.gmail.com. So the first question we have here is from Tom the Cap. Thoughts on how Rebuild Kaoru knows Kaji? So this one we kind of went over. They don't do a good job of explaining it in uh, the movie itself. It's more of interviews with Otto after the fact. And interviews that were done during the actual premiere of the uh, movie. Those flashbacks we end up seeing, or things that look like parts of instrumentality, are actually flashbacks that Kaoru's having, in a sense, of memories. And it was confirmed that Kaoru was acting uh, chief of Nair, while Kaji was second in command. And in that 14-year time span, Walner was active before the full third impact and Melee being formed. They were working together. Question. In any of the loops that you're aware of, does Kaji not exist? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. 
that means that Karu is aware of Kaji and has decided he is important for Shinji's uh, happiness. So, all the more reason for him to know Ka uh, Kaji at that time. I mean, he could assume yeah, through the original 195 that if Kaji didn't die there, Shinji probably would turn out a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So, this one is from EXBDUS. How exactly did Sile know he was an angel, or how did that happen? So, Sile was fully aware of what was going to happen with Second Impact due to the Dead Sea Scrolls. Scrolls. So, they knew that Second Impact was the trigger that created all the other angels to be born. It can be assumed that they had a general idea of what would happen from mixing human and angel DNA there. Whether they knew it was going to create cover specifically was never addressed, but when they went in for the cleanup, they did discover uh, two things specifically, which was the Adam embryo and Cavern. Yeah. In the original run, then it's the key of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, yeah. So, did they know that Angel was going to be created? Yes. Did they know it was going to be specifically Cavern? Possibly. But ultimately, they did recognize it was an angel through the experiment, which is also the basis for how Ray was made. And then they end up using that as their method for creating dummy plugs and performing their plans. Because they now have the final angel, so they have that kind of trump card in everyone. I like the idea that where we kind of agreed during this podcast that Karu is kind of the, or is the most likely author for the Dead Sea Scrolls, that in at least one of the loops, the Dead Sea Scrolls say, uh, second impact will happen, an angel will be created in human form, and then right next to that, he just writes, like, a footnote of, that's me, by the way, I'll be created here. <laughs> I'm a cool guy. Yeah. Take care of me, we'll be friends. <laughs> uh, this next question is from Angelo underscore SRZ. Is it ever shown where he learned to play piano? Uh... <laughs> It's stupid, but for some reason, when I think of it, I pictured uh, Groundhog Day. Yeah, he has an infinite number of loops to learn it on. Also, we saw his method of, like, teaching piano, so we can assume that's similar to how he <laughs> learned piano, which is, no one taught him, he didn't take lessons or anything, he just fucking hit the keys until sounds started coming out that he liked. Exactly. That's the most likely scenario. He was just fucking hitting things until it worked. Yeah. This one is from Paint underscore S-A-B-L. Is his and Shinji's relationship actually healthy? So this was actually a, a fun thing we actually talked on where... No. It's good intentions that Kaoru has, but having too much of that essentially can be negative, where it's kind of like over-mothering something, right? Yeah, it's the same idea as, like, the parents who, like, push their kids into a whole bunch of extracurriculars because they want them to get into college so they can get a good job. And, like, yes, all of that is a positive thing to want and to strive towards, but it can lead to negative consequences for putting too much pressure on Shinji to be happy. Yeah, and that's the thing, ultimately. A lot of the relationships that Shinji has, everything up until Rebuild, and even some of the relationships in Rebuild, are not healthy relationships. Yeah. Him and Asuka, it's not a healthy relationship. They both are destructive to each other due to the nature of the problem each of them have. Him and Misato, very clearly an unhealthy relationship. Mainly illegal. Yeah. Uh, him and Rei, he's putting much of that onus on him, so it's much like the Asuka relationship, but it's more of He's good. It's a one-way thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's ultimately what it is. All, all these relationships are showing, highlighting aspects of, you know, problems that can happen from certain aspects. Yeah. Kaoru is just overbearing and too protective of Shinji, that Shinji cannot truly grow with Kaoru there. 
You heard it here first. Covers of toxic form. Uh, this one is from Primus vs. Unicron. What would happen if he, Adam, Ray, and Lilith merged and Kaoru not die? So, I think this one is a bit strange because, as we already know, Kaoru was president in Human Instrumentality. Yeah. But if he himself had not physically died when the merger happened, uh, the idea is that as long as an angel exists during Instrumentality, physically, they're able to interfere and take control. Because angels are able to control instrumentality, or impacts. Fair. As I put it. So Lilith was in control of human instrumentality. She just impact. gave the choice to Shinji. Exactly. So she still was fully in the driver's seat, but she's like, Shinji, you're staring, you're pointing in the direction, you're picking the spot on the GPS, and that's where we're going. That, that's ultimately what happened. Yeah. If Kaoru was doing it, probably honestly would have turned out the same way. Yeah, it's, I'm uh, driving the car, but you're still picking the fucking destination, Shinji. Now, if both Kaoru and Ray were both alive during this, I think one of them would have had to kill the other. Yeah. Or one of them would have had to have just given up control. Now, alternative question. Kaoru and Ray are alive, but Shinji is dead. They both... Use say, instrumentality to bring Shinji back and then go back to the original plan? I was going to say, they both say fuck you to this timeline. Oh, that too. <laughs> Uh, this one is from Charlotte underscore KMNM. How did Kaoru come back to life for the second time in Rebuild? So, uh, it's not really that Kaoru came back to life. It was instrumentality or the impact again. When people die, their souls aren't really gone. And they end up end up transferring into a different place. And that works for angels and humans. Yeah, and where he died inside of Unit 13? Is that the number? Yeah, he was in 13 when he died yeah. in Rebuild. So, it's not that Kaoru is alive again at the end. It's his soul is present for instrumentality. Yeah, and so we're unlike in the original version, Ray was kind of his guide in the power to like rewrite reality and all that stuff. Kaoru is to fill in that role because he's around and Ray was kind of busy sitting in Unit 1. Yeah. And she needed a break because she was doing it for 14 years. Yeah. And this also explains why in the original run, a bunch of characters that are dead up at this point end up reappearing for human instrumentality, even though they're already dead. Yes. Uh, so this one is from uh, Cortate Layer Color on Instagram. Is Kaoru actually gay? No. I mean, it doesn't matter, it's not addressed. Yeah. Uh, here's the reason I think Kaoru isn't gay. Because with infinite loops, I can imagine one where Shinji comes out a woman, and Kaoru is still fully in love with Shinji, so... Yeah. That thing I... The author, uh, and it's funny you mention that because it, there are multiple things. Well, Shinji was originally supposed to be a female character. Yeah. And I believe there are times when the main character in Neon Genesis is female. Not named Shinji, of course, but it's still kind of the Shinji role. Yeah. And that's all the name. Kaoru just loves Shinji, right? Yeah. So it's not a matter of being gay, straight, or anything like that. He just loves Shinji. Yeah. It's that classic line you hear the jokes about of, like, someone asking, if you woke up tomorrow and I was a worm, would you still love me? And the person getting frustrated. Kaoru doesn't get frustrated. Kaoru just goes, yes. Yes, I would, Shinji. Yeah, he's a Shinji sexual. Yeah. He has romantic feelings for Shinji. Or I shouldn't imply romantic, but it's clear he does have romantic feelings. But no, he just... He cares for Shinji and Shinji alone, and it doesn't matter what Shinji is. Shinji is what he has feelings. Exactly. Uh, this one is from AN1832022EEE. What's his purpose in the series? 
so this one we already kind of kind of went over a bit, but ultimately it's to show the downfall of the overbearing type of affection, the one where you don't give the person their own room to breathe and try to control everything about them to lead to your desired outcome for them. Yeah. And not really what they want for themselves. But on a more technical note, his purpose ends up in, uh, to be showing Shinji happiness from something because it's something he's never truly experienced. Someone just unconditionally showing affection to him without wanting anything back, which is the uh, purpose in the original run. And it ends up being that catalyst that ends up leading to the instrumentality at the end of Evangelion. But as we end up finding out in the greater Neon Genesis world itself, he's fully aware of the loops and has some level of control over the setup of these things. Yeah. And that's kind of his purpose in the series. It's, if you want to think about it in a more linear way, Kaoru is the character we're going through all these worlds with, and we're observing Shinji with him. So yeah, it's, uh, to bring it back to the iceberg, the top level, uh, Kaoru is the person who shows Shinji affection before Shinji is responsible for instrumentality. Uh, the next level down is Kaoru is responsible for all the loops, so he is thus doing that, and I think the deepest level of Kaoru is Kaoru exists to represent that kind of toxic relationship we've talked about now, which is believing, or putting your own expectations so heavily on someone else to try and engineer their life in a way that you think will make them happy, but not allowing them to have their own autonomy. Yeah. And the last question we have from Instagram is from T-I-I-C-H-T-E-L-I-A-S. Explain the Book of Life and how we could have written, or the Book of Fate is another way it's written. And ultimately... It's not a physical thing or yeah. a binding thing. It's more of a concept. And ultimately, Kaoru created this, and it's pretty much his way of being, I have engineered the universe so that me and Shinji will always meet, is the idea. Yeah, I consider the Book of Fate to be more metaphorical than a literal book that controls the universe. Exactly. It's pretty much what leads to Dead Sea Scrolls, setting up things to him in making sure Lilith lands on the planet. All of this is to make sure that Shinji appears, he is created, and they both That being said, I do also assume there is a physical book. I just don't think the book has any control over anything. It's just Kaoru keeping a diary of his yeah. plans, and that's... So I just got Shinji written in it over and over again. Yeah. It's got Shinji's name, a heart drawn around Shinji's name, <laughs> and then Fate written on it, and someone's like, oh, this is the book of Fate. Oh, and that's why... And I then did... some of the pages just say Kaoru and Kari. Uh, yeah, it, uh, well, it says... It's the classic, like, drawing of, like, Kaoru's name, Shinji's name, and then a heart around the two names together. And everyone's like, ah, he wrote his names, their names together. And he wrote Fate on it. This is the Book of Fate where he wrote their <laughs> names together. But it was all done, like, you know, like, three human, like, like cave drawings and stuff. Yeah. Well, do you have any other questions before we go into some interesting facts? Things? Let's talk about what makes him interesting. Well, uh, first things first, who was the human DNA used for Kaoru's? One of the big debates of the franchise. Sato's dad would be my guess. We never have a definitive answer. Uh, so. Oh, actually, no, I don't think it would be Sato's dad. Because, I mean, yes, in theory it's possible if it was like the blood injection or something, but we do see him like running away with Misato after Second Impact has already started, which, if he was... Uh, consumed to create Kaoru in much the same way Yui was. So, clarification, the person doesn't need to be consumed. Yes. 
Uh, I'm aware, which is why I said it could theoretically be him, but I don't think it is him. So there are four prominent characters at Second Impact that could have led to it. Now, of course, Kiel and Gendo are not there for Second Impact, but if it was something where DNA was given to use afterwards, such as, you know, skin samples, hair, blood, whatever, it's possible. So the four main characters associated with Second Impact, Gendo Akari, uh, Kiel Lorenz, who were both at the uh, Antarctic base, Sato's father, and Misato. So it is possible that their DNA was used in creation of them. There is a fifth character that's also considered in the possibility of this, and that is Kaji himself. The reason for the Kaji theory and the Gendo theory is their association and similarities. Uh, the one I would say, if there's one that makes the most sense, I would probably fall into the Gendo one, of being, Gendo being the dead owner that led to the creation of Kaoru, because Shinji even points out they have a lot of similarities, and it's almost... It feels like a narratively fitting thing that the DNA used by Gendo to create this hybrid has undying affection for Shinji. And the fact that they both have very similar traits that Shinji himself points out, that they both have like their love for music, playing piano. I get where you're coming from, but you lost me at the point where you said something with Gendo's DNA having undying love for Shinji. Because the two things we know canonically have Gendo's DNA do not have undying love for Shinji. Shinji doesn't and Gendo doesn't. And those are the only two things we know with Gendo's DNA. Good way to put it. The Kaji one is interesting, but Kaji would have been about the same age as Misato when this happened. So why would they pick his DNA? Yeah. Is the other thing. Uh, but I think this theory comes more from the idea of Kaji taking a more parental figure to Kaoru. Yeah. So, it kind of seems like a fitting thing to do there. Same with if it ends up being Misato. It's, I think Misato and Kaji are more on these ideas of the parental figures. Uh, Kiel could very well be the person, but we don't know about both Kiel or the overlap. But Kiel seems like the type of person that he wants to be a god. So, giving his DNA to make a god from his DNA exceeds within the realm that he would do. Yeah, I, I think. For me personally, the one I think is most likely is probably Kiel, because he probably has the belief that if it has his DNA, he'll have a, a easier time controlling it or something. Yeah. Plus, that explains why Ray was treated like a person who doesn't need love or affection or anything, whereas Kod or not Kod, Karu does seem to have received some kindness, yeah. which might have been just Kiel recognizing his own DNA. Well, at the same time, Sile has reverence for the angels because they view themselves as servants to God and all that stuff. Is the idea. Yeah. Gods is their plan, but at the same time, I think the reason why Keel makes idea for the candidate of being the DNA donor also works against uh, Gendo not being it because Gendo's plan is ultimately a fuck you to the angels. So yeah. why would he fuse his DNA with an angel? Yeah. Um, and then uh, of course, Misato's father uh, being the donor as well as another interesting concept, more so that he was in charge of the program, so it could make sense. And it also adds an interesting dynamic to the relationship of Kaoru and Misato. Yeah. But, unfortunately, there's never any development on who Kaoru's parentage is. That's important to the story. Yeah. Which, I think, that's why, if out of any of them, I think Gendo or Kiel are the two highest priorities. Yeah, I, I would agree. Kiel seems like the most likely to me. 
I don't think it's Gendo for the reasons I've listed, although I'm not going to say it's definitely not Gendo. I could easily be wrong. Uh, also, I, it, it, if it is Gendo, it doesn't change the story dramatically yeah. for me. Uh, I don't think it would be Kaji or Misato, just because at this point, I don't... Unless there's a part of the story I'm unaware of, Kaji's just a random kid in the world at this time, so why would they track him down to use yeah, that's his blood? Yeah, like, that's why I'm like... Okay, I, I understand why you're picking Kaji, because that's a relationship that kind of developed with Kaoru and Kaji. But at the same time, why Kaji? Like, why, like Misato is a lot more likely. Yeah. Uh, I also don't think it's Misato just where her father is in charge of the whole expedition. And I find it hard to believe he'd be like, Alright, Misato, I'm gonna take your blood now to stick it in an angel and see what happens. Yeah, which, I mean, like, why was Misato there is a question that ends up leading to it being the thing. But yeah. at the same time, why not use his own DNA? Yeah. And secondly, I think... If it was Misato, it would have to be an accident, but we know that it was planned. So unless Kyo was like, hey, I'm going to be gone in like 24 hours. Little girl, can you go touch that angel for me? Yeah. But after, I'm gone. Yeah, wait for me to wait exactly 24 hours after this conversation, and then just go slap that angel. <laughs> I have a bet with Gendo and Kari. We're yeah. going to see what happens. Yeah. So that's kind of the concept of the parentage of Gendo, uh, of uh, Kauru. Never had a definitive answer, but those are the popular suspects. Well, given how we've discussed in the past how technically even fanfiction that is created is true and that it could potentially be one of the infinite loops, we can solve this right now. Write our own Evangelion fanfiction and just declare someone Kaoru's parent in at least one of those loops, and then why not that person be his parent in every single one of the loops? Which, I'm going to introduce the idea right now, time travel, Shinji is Kaoru's dad. <laughs> See, the one problem Wait, actually, that is that parentage is something that tends to be very static in the universe. Was Shinji born before Second Impact? Yes. I don't even need time travel. Shinji can just... Wait, no, Shinji was born after Second Impact. Okay. Okay. Because uh, Gendo and uh, Yui were married after Second Impact, because it was the reveal that they were married was to mute on the boat to recover... Uh, stuff from the site. Okay. I was gonna say, if Shinji was born before Second Impact, we don't even need time travel. It could just have been... Because while I don't see Misato's father taking her blood to test it in the angel, I can fully imagine Gendo taking Shinji's blood and <laughs> sticking it inside of an angel to see what happens. <laughs> just throw this into the angel, son. That's, uh, sir, that's a baby. I don't care. <laughs> I'm gonna yeet away his emotions later, might as well yeet away his body now. <laughs> but yeah, that's the parentage aspect that was worth mentioning there in the some of the facts. Uh, some early designs of Kaoru, and this is a fun one. Uh, he was depicted as a small schoolboy, so you know, like those Japanese schoolboys with the hat and the backpack? He was one of those with a black hat, and the angel with the black hat controlling the boy. <laughs> and his angel form was literally him absorbing the boy and turning into a giant angelic cat. I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, in the original version, uh, he was supposed to be there for two episodes, but it initially got cut down to one. Uh, with this as well, his first introduction actually happened in the manga, so he showed up in the manga before he showed up in the anime series. Makes sense. Uh, on top of that, it's, a little, it's around longer in the manga as well, which also leads to it, so his angel reveal was also a bit delayed compared to, like, it wasn't too far from the anime reveal, essentially, that's right. 
his hair color is originally described as blonde, but it seems to take on a more silver color to be more aligned with the angel hybrid concept that they tend to do, where it's the red eyes and like a very light hair color, like almost devoid of pigment. Yeah. God, this is just gonna make me want to like attack albino people with the suit streets. It's like, I know you're not a person, you're an angel. I'm gonna be like, what? And I'm gonna punch him in the face and probably get arrested for beating up albino people. Probably. Uh, on top of that as well, uh, Kauru, uh, or his, like, design notes, when he was being made, it was just the word refined. I can agree with that. Uh, now, uh, Neon Genesis, well, it's most anime's new type, and, uh, Animage, two very popular, uh, magazines for just the whole anime community, kind of has polls for franchises about, like, popular characters, and Kauru has consistently been in the top two for most popular male character in the franchise. With Shinji, or with Kaji, Gendo, one of those three? <laughs> Tends to be Shinji. Tends to be Shinji. Uh, in the movie Into the Spider-Verse, uh, Kaoru Lookalike appears with Asuka, Rei, and Shinji. Oh, sorry, not the uh, movie, in the uh, fifth chapter of the comic book. Okay. I was going to say, I don't remember seeing them, but maybe. And uh, initially, uh, Sadamoto, who worked mainly on the manga, since he was separated to the main reveal of Kaoru, essentially, the idea between his and Shinji's relationship that he was kind of aiming towards when he was making the character was that of Shinji being a younger student looking up to, you know, an older student, like senpai type thing. Yeah. And uh, Ano revealed it with the idea of Kaoru itself when the first inception of Kaoru was created, so this would have been during, like, I bring up the anime Medallion before other movies are happening. Kaoru is supposed to represent Shinji's idealized version of himself. Yeah. Shinji's idealized version of himself. So, makes sense. And that's kind of the last of the camera facts that I do have to go over. Fair. Uh, but, now that we've gotten through, you know, the questions and the facts, what are your thoughts on camera as a whole, now that we've gotten through the series? Favorite of go. Camera's the top one for you? Top three. I'll put them in top three. Top three, yeah. That's fair. Camera is definitely... Once you get through and kind of realize what's going on, Kaoru ends up immediately becoming one of the most important characters, which is funny considering in the original version he was there for one episode. Yeah. Ah, oh, Jesus. I forgot that that's how long he was there. He got introduced and then died at the end of the fucking episode. Yeah, impressive to go from one episode character and last angel to probably one of the most important characters to the structure of everything going on in the end. Yeah. Fight the growth line yeah, and I would say, like, as a person who's gone through a series more on a slower pace, uh, was a character I definitely didn't have that much interest in. Like, it was interesting that he, oh, humans can be angels, and that was more of, it was like, oh shit, that must mean raise an angel. Yeah. <laughs> is the concept that was kind of revealed there. But as the series, you get more into the series, you kind of see him doing more and more. And I would say, like, Kaoru, just like he went from one episode character to integral to the series, and my appreciation of the character went from pretty much the same directory of, oh, it's cool one-off character, adds a lot of depth to the story, but like the character itself wasn't really important, so I didn't care that much for it. And then as it goes on, it's like, Kara's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Kara's kind of a G. Yeah. Kind of gets a really good send-off at the end for, you know, getting his own happiness. That's not about, you know, making someone else happy. And you yeah. can actually focus on him. He gets to live his own life. Yep. Kind of makes me want to watch a spinoff, which is just a story of Kaoru just, like, being happy. It's 
He's not an angel. Evangelions don't exist in this timeline. Just in that separate world that Shinji created where Evangelions never exist. And it's just the day-to-day -day life of Karu just, like, doing his best. Because Shinji also didn't forcibly make Karu happy. Shinji just gave Karu the tools to make himself happy through his own experiences. Exactly. So, yeah, I just want a story of, like, Karu going through the struggles of the world and, like, doing his best to remain upbeat. <laughs> I just want a slice-of-life anime all about Karu as a human. It's pretty much it. <laughs> Fair. So with that, I guess we will wrap up this Karu-centric episode. So if you would like to send us an email, reach out. You can find us at whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com. This episode, like all others, go up every Wednesday on YouTube and our podcasting platform. You can find us wherever podcasts can be found, as well as YouTube. Of course, like, favorite, review, subscribe, comment, follow us along, and word of mouth definitely helps. That's how we get most of our growth. We also have our main active Instagram page. On that page, we put up facts about the series, tidbits of information, little more bite-sized breakdowns of concepts, as well as we do weekend polls, where we just ask questions. We finally just finished our angel polls with... Uh, and the final being Lilith. <laughs> Could have been Ramiel. Ramiel fans demanding a recount. That has definitely been something I've been a lot of messages for, but uh, it was close, but Lilith did edge I... And Laleel. Well, that's Laleel. It doesn't matter anymore. Congrats to getting to the top three, I guess. <laughs> yeah, congrats to getting to the top three. <laughs> you were never going to beat Ramiel, let alone Lilith. Yeah. It. Make sure to follow that Instagram page and join the community there. We answer questions pretty quickly. And as always, what's happening next time, Keith? The next time we finish the final pilot episode as we tackle Mari Makinami Illustrious and finally break down some of the mysteries of that character. And as always, plenty of fans here.